Apostolic networking with our private face group. Of course, Missionary Enterprise. Let's start with Missionary Enterprise, Missionary Aid International. Now let's get into Apostolic Networking and uh, New Testament Leadership Series of Teachings and Indoctrinations. This is actually part three, not part five, uh, because the first two videos had nothing to do with New, Te New Testament Leadership. So it's actually uh, video three uh, and four that was actually the starting of New Testament Leadership. So that's part one and part two. This is part three. And uh, we'll be doing a lot more teachings for uh, our Facebook groups uh, to build up our YouTube channel, our second YouTube channel, which uh, we're getting a lot more followers than the first one. And we've been posting more videos on the first one than the second one. So I don't know how that's all working. But anyhow, we just got to keep pushing forward what the Lord has given us to do at this time regarding sound doctrine, regarding media, all these different things, uh, building contacts. So anyhow, let's get into here. Key references and critical notes, all right? So let's start with, obviously, this is a continuation of what I last said in part two uh, of this teaching. Therefore, what Paul is saying here in verse 29, we'll be looking at verse 29 here, hinges on what he first said in verse 28 so that we can keep things in their proper context. So I wrote here, it's no different from writing a letter to someone. If you take that letter and only share certain portions of it, most probably there will be some misunderstanding or misinterpretation because what you are reading is only a portion of that letter and not the whole letter, going back to the whole counsel of God. So there may be some portions of that letter that seem to stand out to you at times, absolutely, to, to the reader, absolutely. That's, that's, that's a no-brainer. Uh, yet, if you neglect some of the other things that were written in that same letter, um, you will most assuredly come to some wrong conclusions or wrong assumptions regarding what the whole letter was meant to convey. All right, so this is very key here. I learned all of this from Dave Roberson. Of course, the Lord taught me this, but through Dave. And so it is with the Word of God, the Holy Bible, which is a love letter. It really is. Uh, from God to mankind, my water, there it is, okay, uh, especially fallen mankind, but also to his children, the church, the body of Christ, of course, those who are part of this new creation. Paul wrote, Paul and all the other writers, wrote letters, wrote letters, uh, except for the first four gospels, or those aren't really letters, but f wrote letters by the Spirit's inspiration, also known as epistles to specific churches, and in order to understand specific verses, we would do well if we took the time to understand the whole letter and its purpose, its intent. I've said this before, there's some things written in Ephesians that were not written in Colossians, even though they're, they're, they're twin letters. There, uh, there's a lot, of similar, a lot of similarities, but there's things that were written in Ephesians that were not in Colossians, and there's a reason for that. The Holy Spirit inspired the writers to write in the form of letters, uh, epistles, which some call love letters, because in reality, the Holy Bible is a book of love and not a book of hate like many have said it to be was because of some verses taken out of their context. God is love as well as so loved the fallen world of the first Adam. It's everywhere from Genesis to Revelation, but especially John 3.16. 
If God never loved the world, he would have never created it to begin with, nor would he have sent Jesus to redeem it uh, after it fell. I need to do a good teaching on this because it really helped me years ago in understanding this, not only for myself, but for those I would try to communicate some of its contents to believers, but especially to non-believers. Yeah, those are, that's where the battle, well, not always, but I mean a lot of times, that's where the real battle is. I wrote here, even when God warns us about hell, hell, mm, don't want to hear about hell. Yes, we do. Oh, yes, we do. It's one of the first things that God got over to me when, that, that moment I got born again. Wow. Yeah, and it's realities. He does so out of love and not out of hate. Unlike the devil who does not warn us about hell to the point where he has deceived the world and even part of the church in thinking that hell does not even exist, as well as him, the devil, not existing either, which is not love but hatred and contempt for fallen man. You know, that's the difference between God and the God of this world. The devil hates and despises human beings, yet for all the wrong reasons. Every warning from God, I mean every warning from God, is rooted in and based upon love, but nothing but and nothing but love for mankind, saved or not saved, because there's two races, right? There's two mankinds, right, on this earth. Uh, first and second Adam. With love, yes, but also with great justice, since God is not only love, but also just and righteous. God is a loving as well as just judge that must judge. He has got no choice but to judge with great justice and righteousness. I mean, anybody who's got a problem with God being a judge, I mean, just look at yourself and look at the world. I mean, my goodness, we judge every day. We make a judgment call every day. We make a decision. The minute... The moment I choose, I choose, well, I make, I decide to go a certain place uh, instead of going to the other place. You just made a judgment call. You just did. And the true sense of the word, to judge, to discern. This was a good introduction to what I'm about to teach, not realizing that starting with verse 29, we have the Apostle Paul warning out of love, the believers about certain people, certain things which we will look at today. So all everything I just said so far was not part of my notes. Um, my notes were only three pages uh, when I, I and I thought I was going to make a teaching very short teaching. And next thing you know, I've got eleven pages. Yeah, and that's where you know that's part of the Holy Spirit inspiring you. So let's move on here to verse twenty-nine to thirty-two. Let's start with verse twenty-nine, Acts twenty. I know that after I'm gone, wow, ferocious wolves will get in among you, not sparing the flock. So I wrote here, as leaders in the church of our Lord Jesus Christ, we must at all costs recognize the wolves, okay? It's not going to be a real wolf in the natural. No, 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 no. He's talking about human beings here. In our midst, by the Spirit, as well as pointing them out by the Spirit, which is part of protecting the flock as a shepherd and an overseer, because they both have the idea of to protect, believe it or not. We had already and previously looked at the Greek word poimen for our English word shepherd instead of pastor, which is rooted in the Greek word to protect or to guard. Um, 
Jesus is the shepherd of all shepherds, of course. Therefore, he wants to protect and guard his sheep from wolves, all right, and their wrong indoctrination. And another way he protects his own sheep as well as the world, he wants to protect the world, believe it or not, is through warnings in love in love. So when I share the good news or the truth, to, whether it's a Mormon, a JW, a Muslim, an unbeliever, whatever, I must share it out of love for them and not with this attitude that I'm right and you're wrong. God loves these people I just mentioned, but he needs to warn them, and he's got to do that through us, about their beliefs because all beliefs have consequences and this is something that man oh man we don't hear a whole lot about and i'm going to be teaching a lot on that what you believe as a believer and as an unbeliever there are consequences because everything has to do with faith when it comes to god everything has to do based is base is rooted in faith the god kind of faith so the minute you're off i tell you you just keep god out of the when I share the good news, all right, yeah, ignorance as well as wrong believing have consequences according to God and his word of truth. Not believing in God at all or believing in a false God or false Christ, false gospel, another gospel, has severe consequences according to God. There are severe consequences in rejecting your only Savior and your own salvation regarding what he has done for you at the cross. Imagine that, rejecting I mean, here you have in the natural, let's say, just as an example, somebody comes up to you and say, hey, I got the cure. I really do have the cure for your, your sickness. I've got the cure and no operation, none of this stuff. I mean, you take this and the cancer will be gone, guaranteed, and you say, no, thank you. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to try it my way. You know, uh, you're asking for trouble. And you're asking for trouble. And uh, when you reject, you're asking for major trouble, eternal trouble. Uh, when you're rejecting your own Savior. Note, uh, we have two references to wolves um, in the four Gospels, but the context is different compared to what we read in the book of Acts. Matthew 10, 16, Behold, I send you as sheep in the midst of wolves, therefore be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Luke 10, 3, Go your way, behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. So I wrote here in this context, these are not just any kind of wolves, but ferocious wolves, not regarding what I just wrote, wrote uh, read here in Matthew and Luke, but in Acts, in Acts 20. They're ferocious wolves. According to the Word of God, we are surrounded by wolves in the world, but also in the church, obviously. So it says right there in Acts, that has to do with the church, not the world. Among you, right? In the, in the church. All right, let's move on here. Original word for this word ferocious. For this word ferocious, it's Strong's number 926. Barus, uh, uh, violent and oppressive. Yeah, wolves are violent. These wolves are ferocious. They're violent and oppressive. Note, and then the Apostle Paul gives us great clarity regarding what these ferocious wolves will look like and sound like in verse 30. In order to understand what the Apostle Paul said in verse 29, we will need to read verse 30. And in order to understand what he wrote in verse 29, you got to read verse 28. That's how the works. So even from among your own selves, men will come to the front who by saying perverse, distorted, and corrupt things will endeavor to draw away the disciples after them to their own party. 
Note, these words from among your own selves, what in the world is he talking about? Well, this is what he's talking about. It's the people that you are working closely with, people that you are familiar with, people that you've known for a long time. Yeah, this is very serious. In this verse, the Apostle Paul is also warning us about those who would endeavor to cause division instead of unity. I've seen somewhat some of this in local churches where you have a leader in a church that begins to talk to some of the sheep in a certain manner against the other leaders or against the main leader instead of going to the leader himself for himself and to try and work out their differences but instead causes a division by convincing some of the sheep to leave that local body and follow him instead. Never go to the sheep but to the shepherd of that body and even better go to the chief shepherd first and foremost for his counsel and his direction if I cannot work out my differences of opinions with another leader I myself will I've done this many times I will remove myself leaving that body to avoid any kind of division or disunity I remove myself leaving the sheep behind not trying to take any of them with me even I remember I was in this part of the church and I was telling you I was just starting to criticize in my heart uh, I just saw so many different things that were wrong in doctrine and what they were not doing and they should have been doing and and I said to myself I said you know if you're gonna sit here and just criticize you might as well leave and I left and uh, <laughs> that's when the Lord gave me the next year mission enterprise as an example here are just two verses warning us in love against division Talking about division here a little bit. Romans 6, 17. I appeal to you, brethren, to be on your guard concerning those who create dissensions and difficulties and cause divisions. In opposition to the doctrine, the teaching which you have been taught, I warn you to turn aside from them to avoid them. That's right. Titus 3.10. As for a man who is factitious, a factious, a heretical, sectarian, and cause of division, after admonishing him, once or twice, second time, reject him from your fellowship and have nothing more to do with him or her. 31. Therefore be always alert and on your guard, being mindful that for three years I never stopped night and day seriously to admonish, advise, and exhort you one by one with tears. Wow, talking about discipleship. Um, no, we have far too many Christians as well as leaders that are not alert and on their guard when it comes to these things. Far too many are neglecting this. I've been like this for years. I've been on my guard for years ever since I got saved. We have far too many churchgoers who think that whatever is being said by the person at the front or at the pulpit, whatever, is speaking the truth just because that person is the main speaker or they have some degree from some Bible school. Yet most of our false doctrines are being fostered in Bible schools. A lot of them, that's where they come from. You know, after I was saved, I wanted to attend some kind of Bible school, yet I believe the Lord was able to convince me otherwise with a pastor I traveled with to Hungary, Europe, telling me that I should not waste my money nor my time. But instead, the Lord put a strong hunger in me to study the Bible with good books and lots of prayer. Lots of prayer. And this is how the Spirit was able to teach and show me what He wanted me to know and see, giving Him 
a certain amount of freedom. Yeah, you got to give the Holy Spirit freedom to do with me as he saw fit. As he saw fit, not what I saw fit or anybody else around me. I'm not saying that all local churches or Bible schools teach wrong doctrine, far from it, yet I am saying what the Word says about being on our guard in what we hear and believe as the truth. Make sure that when you're hearing something, make sure it's the truth and you don't just think it's the truth, right? Going a little bit back to what Dave said, you know, it's not what it's not what you you know, it's not what a person says is what what did he mean by that? You know, some of our biggest Bible schools and seminaries are of the Baptist or Reformed tradition. I mean, things have changed over the years, but man, years ago, that's all you had. You had Presbyterian, Baptist, Reformed, because those, were the, those were the big denominations. Teaching things before the Charismatics and the Word of Faith all started. They should not be teaching. Teaching strong that the gifts of the Spirit, speaking in tongues, healings, and miracles are not for today. Mm, wow, really? All of this in context with new believers or hunger believers believing what they are told to be the truth, yet it's not the truth, but it's false to the point of heresy. I've had this working inside of me for years now when it comes to wanting to change and bring a reform regarding what is being taught in most of our Bible schools as well as local churches, which is why I believe we need to plant new schools fostering sound doctrine. Note, all of this in verse 31 brings us back to what the Apostle Paul said in Acts 20, 28, which we looked at uh, back in uh, the other part. Uh, Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. So let's look up some key words here. Basically, the Apostle Paul is repeating himself in verse 31, what he already stated in verse 38, 28, regarding guarding ourselves, as well as guarding the sheep from the wolves as overseers, episcopos, who are called to shepherd and protect. Poimen, Greek, poimen, the sheep from the wolves and their false doctrines and their attempt to bring a division within a local body setting. Local body setting. You'll never be able to protect the sheep if you don't know how to protect yourself first and foremost, we must start, we must start with ourselves, uh, for ourselves, for starters. If you cannot protect your own self, how in the world or how in the hell can you protect those around you? You can't. Impossible. According to verse 28, God himself has given us the charge to protect his church here upon the earth by the Spirit, which will demand great accountability on that great day. We have big churches worldwide, but I do believe that many of our bigger churches in America have been guilty, have been guilty of exporting, Dave talks about this, exporting wrong indoctrination in the continents of Africa, Asia, Europe, and they were successful, so-called successful, because these churches were from America. Wow. Oh, it's from America. It's got to be right. No, not necessarily. Most, if not all, these churches and their leaders, which I won't mention their names, I cannot and will no longer listen to them anymore, but rather do what it takes to listen to the one inside of me, the spirit of truth. All right? I myself have a real problem with the churches in America, including North America, meaning Canada, 
and it's been like this for many years now and for good reasons as well. And I'm talking about charismatic, word of faith, Pentecostal, uh, evangelical churches here. I'm not talking about your dead Anglican, Presbyterian, Reformed type churches. No, no, no. Everything you will ever need to hear from the Spirit of Truth is the truth. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. And nothing but the truth. Ever since being saved, I've always wanted to know the truth and only the truth. And I will never lose that. I will never, I will always protect that. And this is a big part of my testimony. Uh, when I first got saved, I began to share the good news with fellow workers in the construction trade. And they would ask me if I was Baptist or Anglican, etc. Because that's what they knew. Not that they were saved or anything like that. Uh, yet I had never heard these terms before because I was newly saved. Also, I was on to me, it was construction and rock and roll, drugs. Uh, I had no interest in going to church back then. Um, saved, and once I realized that I was wasting my time in attending Catholic churches, since this is all I knew because I was, of my upbringing, I began to discover these other types of churches, such as Baptists, then the Pentecostals, then the Word of Faith type churches, as well as non-denominational churches. Yet eventually I gave it all up because it only brought me spiritual as well as emotional confusion and discouragement. Yet all of this opened up my eyes to many things that need to change for the better. Even in my Catholic days, I was just a kid. Nobody ever talked. Nobody ever, I remember I had a neighbor who tried to get me to join the Mormon church, but I had nobody like, I mean, I had no Anglican friends or Presbyterian or anything like, not that I remember anyhow. I was frustrated because in one church they would have a specific interpretation for a specific verse, yet in another church with the same verse they would have a contradicting interpretation from what I heard from the other place. Yet during all this time till today because of the baptism of the Spirit, I prayed much in tongues, not knowing what I was doing at that time. Yet the whole time I was speaking to God, as well as speaking mysteries, as well as edifying myself. That's what I was doing according to 1 Corinthians 14, 2 and 4. And eventually I began to realize that the Spirit within me was showing me things, teaching me things, revealing to me great things, all of this being part of my calling. All of this began to turn my world right side up from upside down, adding so much to my walk with God, causing me to forsake his church, uh, to a certain degree, forsook it uh, with his help, to spend more time with the head of the church in order to make sense out of all this mess and nonsense. And that's exactly what it is. After I got saved, I automatically thought the moment I stepped into local church, wow, I would hear the truth and nothing but the truth will help us God. But was, was I ever wrong? Yeah, I was dead wrong. I will be sharing my testimony when I begin to travel again so that people can understand where I come from as a defender of the faith and as an apostolic reformer, as well as helping those who have experienced the same things or similar things. Far too many want to truly follow the Lord, but are frustrated. I wanted, I tell you, I was frustrated. Oh, for different reasons. They don't know where to go or to turn to and what to do. They just don't, but I do now. Now, they may not like what I've got to say, but it's still the truth. You know what I mean? Not everybody's going to embrace fasting and praying in tongues hours a day and, and meditating. The five keys. No, not a lot of people. Anyhow. 
These great truths are etched within my soul, which makes me fit to carry out my calling with great seriousness, especially as one of his ambassadors, being sent to the nations to represent him and no one else but him. This is why I can fast and pray and so much more as I do. The Lord has told me years ago when I was on my way to work, this is what he told me. I remember I was going, I, uh, Lake, I think it was Lake Ridge Road, and I was on my way to Markham. It was early in the morning, it was snowing, it was January, I think, and it was cold out, and, um, and it, the Lord just spoke to me, and he said, ministry consists of three things, devotion to God, devotion to the church, and devotion to the world. I had the first part going, but I didn't have the second or third because me, it was all about saving the lost. Not that I was doing that great of a job, but it was. And uh, But he reversed that eventually. He gave me such a, even though I saw a lot of things wrong in the church that bugged me, but me, it was the lost, the lost, the lost, tracks and all that. And he had me doing that, but no, God, church, world. Verse 32, is that we are that? I'm going pretty quick. I'm speaking fast for different reasons. All right. And now, brethren, I commit to you, you to God. I deposit you in his charge, entrusting you to his protective care. And I commend you to the word of grace, uh, to the commands, counsel. Uh, it is able to build you up and give you your rightful inheritance among all of God's saints. So every time I do a teaching, I wrote here, I always mention the need to go back to the verses we looked at as well as reading the rest of the verses around those verses since we only have so much time to do a teaching. That's just the reality of it. Especially in light that we need to make videos out of these, therefore needing to make them short or shorter for different reasons, uh, or we will make a long teaching, or we make a long teaching, yet make it in different parts, part one, part two, which I've done in the past, and I will continually do so. That's what it is. This is part three, and there's going to be a lot of parts of this teaching. Doing conferences are somewhat different, which is not the case at this time, yet the time is coming, which is why we need to get ready now, got to get ready now, before the doors open, because once the door opens up, this will not be the time to get ready. And in many cases, God will not open up those doors if you're not ready. So you got to get ready before the doors open. Of course, that's a no-brainer. You know, you got to get ready before you go play hockey, before you get into the game. You got to get ready. You got to practice all these different things like that. And uh, I've written on this years ago. And, uh, and many times, if uh, you may be waiting for a door, uh, for God to open a door that he promised you, but if you haven't been getting ready, that door will never open. Right, you got to get ready for it. All right. Yeah, once the door opens up, God has something specific in mind, and this is what we need to focus on and nothing else as his representatives, or else we would be in trouble with the Lord, which I have no interest at all whatsoever. All right. Preparation time is never wasted time unless you've wasted your preparation time, which many have done and are still doing, unlike me. Every day is preparation time. Every day, even with all the other stuff I got to do. Of course, I don't have a family and stuff like that, but taking care of mom and the house and stuff like that. Every day is preparation time. Every, every day for that door that's going to open up next, whether it's Africa, whether it's Europe, whether it's Asia, Canada, North America. Got to get ready. 
When I first landed in Kinshasa, RD Congo, Africa, I had such a confidence inside of me because I knew the Lord was the one, first of all, who had opened up that door, that great door, as well as knowing for myself that I'd done everything that I needed to do to be done the previous years before these doors were opened up to me. And when I got back from my trip, I realized later on that the Lord was preparing me for what? The nations, not just a nation, but the nations, especially with this last word a couple years ago. But I, I began to realize that God was preparing me for the nations. And I've been doing all I need to get done uh, with my time to get ready. And even with my money. And I will be I will be in get ready mode for the rest of my life. That is that is me. Get ready, get ready, get ready. There is much to accomplish in the world as well as in the church. Therefore, we need to get ready like never before. God is the one that opens up the doors via our faith. Let yet it's up to us. It's up to us, not up to God. Up to us to get ourselves ready so that we can be fit when those doors open up. It's up to us to meditate the word. It's up to us to fast. It's up to us to pray in tongues. It's up to us to renew our minds. Put on the armor. Put off the old man. Put on the new man. I must represent the one who sent me and no one else since he is the one that sent me to represent him and him alone. Everything I teach, I must live up to to some degree or else I will become a hypocrite like many in the church. Therefore, this is why I take so much time to transform to what I know to be true so that when I'm out there, the Spirit will have more to work with, being the voice of Jesus, doing the works of Jesus through me as one of his members of his body. That's the way it works. And I also take full advantage of social media at this time and the internet always will to become a source of influence so that I can transfer into others what has been deposited inside of me over so many years, which has to do with the power of influence. I'm always looking for ways to deposit some golden spiritual nuggets while I'm doing a teaching. I'm always, always. But you know what? I got stuff coming out of me. I read something and it just, it, my mind, the way the mind works, the way my soul, it's been uh, being transformed. But also I believe there are many times where the Holy Spirit will bring something up. I don't even know it's the Holy Spirit. I just think it's me. So as I finish my video, I encourage all of you, each and one of you to walk in the fullness of the grace and of the faith of God. Shalom and amen.